Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. What a week it has been from SMU basketball's win Wednesday night with Pac 12 Commissioner George Klyovkov in attendance to a big commitment from a four star athlete, uh, Jamari uh, Cauley out of Dallas South Oak Cliff, Ja'Kai Clark, the Miami offensive line transfer jumping on board. It has been a week, and then we also had our subscriber meetup Thursday night at Inwood Tavern. What a blast that was, uh, and we had we just had a great time uh, with a lot to talk about from this week. So appreciate everybody that showed up. We'll see you guys next time at our next event to be announced at some point, uh, probably closer to uh, the end of spring practice. Uh, we'll all get together and, and chop it up about that. But we're here today to take a break from some Pac-12 expansion talk. Uh, obviously, news came that the Big 12 is going to allow OU Texas to leave a little early, uh, getting out in time for the 2024 season to go to the SEC. Quick takeaway is that doesn't impact SMU much um, or the Pac-12. Just my opinion, they're holding back revenue um, from Fox and basically kind of just giving it right back to Fox, in a sense, when it comes to how this deal is being done. Um, and in reality, it doesn't give the Big 12 that much more of a foothold in terms of trying to expand and negotiate other options um, with schools. They're kind of in the same place. They just have an opportunity to maybe get more inventory in with two teams leaving um, in time for the 2024 season. That door would theoretically now be open for, for two teams, four teams, however many teams are going to try to expand to join. But 
enough of expansion talk for a second because we do have to talk about the SMU offensive line, our latest spring football preview podcast. And I want to jump right in. This is a group that I felt like in the 2022 season was right there kind of alongside the secondary as, and especially the corner position that kind of came along as the season went along and, and, and showed some improvement and showed some ability uh, and promise, especially the improved run game throughout the year. And that came with a little bit of shuffling uh, with guys being in and out here and there. But for the most part, I would say you look at what they did in pass protection last year and their ability to keep Tanner Mordecai upright uh, for much of his season. This was a group that probably flew a little bit under the radar as far as the season that they had, in my opinion, at least with what they had available to them coming in and the SMU staff kind of figuring out how things were going to go offensively, how they needed to find their groove in the run game. Well, the offensive line did just that late in the season. Now we look ahead to it as it stands going into spring ball. They're not going to have Miami offensive line transfer Ja'Kai Clark. He does graduate in May, so he will be on campus in the summer. He's somebody that you got to look at as a plug-and-play option, um, whether it be at guard or center. And there are a lot of people around SMU that are very high on that pickup and what he'll bring to the table, especially from a run-blocking perspective. Uh, that's why they went out and got him. Uh, obviously, things kind of fell through with, with Drake Metcalf. That was a guy SMU really felt like they were going to get. He ends up going to UCF, but they had Ja'Kai Clark. And they you know, got him on campus for an official visit. They were the favorite. And they got him to go ahead and commit earlier this week, which was huge, as he was planning to take multiple visits uh, to Power 5 programs coming up here in March. But Ja'Kai won't be here for the spring, so all eyes will be on Branson Hickman and how he defends his starting center spot. Um, he's held it down. He showed, I think, a little bit better than people kind of give him credit for. Last year, I know there are times that he does get dealt a bad hand and he has to go up with some, quite frankly, mismatches um, in the trenches. And, you know, I think that's something that he's going to battle and he is undersized on the shorter side of things, but you certainly at the center position, don't mind that he gets to play with a little bit better leverage, things like that. He just, I think, hasn't put on the size that maybe they thought he would um, coming in. He's got still a, a little bit of just a trimness to him that, sometimes gets him beat up in the run game. But as far as pass protection goes, he is, quite frankly, very strong in that regard. That's his strong suit, um, his ability to move laterally, um, just sometimes in the run game, just doesn't get it done uh, and doesn't work up to the second level. That's something that stands out. But he has played a lot of football for SMU at that position. Uh, he's a guy they're very high on in terms of his leadership ability and ability to keep that offensive line on the same page. They got it together as the season went along with him running the show at center. Um, so he'll get more reps and he'll get more work in with that group uh, and leading them and, and trying to get them set up for, um, you know, a good situation with newcomers coming in, challenging some of these veterans in this group. And, uh, you know, he's the guy in the middle for spring. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, you have Cam Irving uh, who played some center. Um, it did not go well. Uh, and so they went ahead and, Stuck with Branson Hickman at center. I will say SMU does bring in Logan Parr, a Texas offensive line with, with three years of eligibility remaining. He's expected to be a guard center type of player. And quite frankly, he'll probably end up 
more at guard, but he's going to now come in and be an option in the spring to probably get some snaps. Um, because like I said, the Cam Irvin experiment at center did not go well when SMU tried it last year. Um, and so they even moved him out to tackle. Um, but when you look at Logan Parr, he is kind of that interior guy that they bring in and, and you look at, he could add something from a depth perspective there um, and challenge for a job early on. When it comes to who you look at as the starters that are pretty, I would say, likely to start, I've got three of them. Um, Marcus Bryan at left tackle, he's held that position down and really looks the part of a prototypical left tackle and really did a good job battling through some injuries last year um, as well to, to play through those and to, and to keep grinding. You look at Justin Osborne, kind of a weird end of the year for him. Uh, there were a couple games he missed um, and it just wasn't, and it was kind of, you know, just quiet. It, it, what, there wasn't a sense that he was injured. He was practicing. They were, they were holding him out. It was just kind of a weird situation there. Um, but he looked healthy in the practice during the week. So Justin Osborne, somebody coming back though, that at that, at that right guard spot, I got to pencil him as, in as a starter. And then Hyron White, the Missouri offensive line transfer, who's a big, big dude who comes in at right tackle and can move. He's coming off of an injury that he's been recovered from. Um, he was able to get back to practice from Mizzou before he left last year. He just didn't end up playing, so he could preserve this opportunity to play somewhere else one more season. But he was back at practice for uh, Mizzou in the late 2022 part of the season um, after having an Achilles injury. So he's back. He's somebody they're really high on. Casey Woods, when we spoke with him uh, just after signing day and SMU had got him on board, said that they really feel he's an NFL type of player. Um, and so they're very high on what Hyron White's going to bring to the table at that right tackle position. Um, Owen Condon, obviously out the door and needed somebody to come in and be a stopgap. He's that guy. Then you look behind him and Marcus Bryant, and it seems like to me, PJ Williams is kind of your, your swing guy in a way. You know, he's somebody that can really play either tackle spot potentially. If he continues to bulk up, he could play a little guard. Um, so he could be viewed as your sixth offensive lineman going into the season. He's very, very talented. He redshirted this past year. He's still young, um, but just oozing with talent. They're very excited about him. He's probably on my list of like top five players I'm excited to see in spring practice. Just see how he moves around out there and how he adjusts um, to the flow of things this year. My burning question right now for spring only, because Ja'Kai Clark is not here to battle with Branson Hickman, is really that left guard position. How does that shake out? Is that a position where you've got Logan Parr coming in, you've got P.J. Williams coming in, and you have Ben Sparks? Could those three really be the guys that completely just you know battle it out there? I think there's a possibility of that. People aren't talking enough about Ben Sparks, though. This is somebody that has continued to push, continued to drive coaches to talk about him. And it's just been a situation where the last couple of years, he hasn't been able to break through because they've had tons of veteran situations on the offense line in the interior. He's a guard at either spot. He hasn't played any center. So that's where he's slotted in. In the last two years, you've had guys like, Alana Lee, Hayden Howerton, um, Jalen Thomas, Justin Osborne. And it seems like others that have just kind of been standing in the way because they've been the veteran guys. Well, they, he doesn't have that anymore. 
Um, Joe Bissinger out the door uh, with with his retirement from football as well. And you're going to get Ben Sparks with that opportunity here. And he's a veteran. He's been around. He's played a good bit of football still in spots. um, And they're excited about what he brings to the table. So I think if he can take it and grab onto that job and and really cement himself, that would mean a lot for this offensive line. Um, He is patiently waited, but kept working. Uh, he's a guy that's got enough size to be in there at left guard and, and play in the interior. Um, when I look at that battle, it could very well end up being Ben Sparks, Logan Parr, and then it's a very natural, let's say, who's next, so to speak. You you let guys like Rhett Larson, Jacob Waller, um, guys guys like that uh, battle it out. Um, you're also going to have, you know, when it comes to the summer, uh, guys like Reagan Gill come in. Um, and Alex Woods come in along the interior. So those guys will certainly be next up as well. But Ben Sparks has been around enough where you got to look at him as a as a veteran who has his first opportunity to really break into the starting lineup. I think he's going to take advantage of it. That left guard spot is the one that is probably most up for grabs in spring. Obviously, this is a group that they really do preach competition. And they haven't necessarily had enough of it over the last – I mean, year or so, a couple years um, to really stand by that and and allow some of these younger players to maybe break through. They just weren't there yet um, to, to unseat some of these guys that have played a ton of football. I mean, Justin Osborne, Marcus Bryant now, Branson Hickman, they've played so much football and started a lot of games for SMU. But it is now at the point where this group on the offensive line is nearing what is what would be considered, I would say, a too deep of sorts that you could really run out there and, and feel good. When you look at it, if you went start, start to finish or start, you know, starting a group from left to right to that backup group. If you went Marcus Bryant, Ben Sparks, Ja'Kai Clark, uh, Justin Osborne, and Hyron White, and then you look at the backup situation, you go, let's say PJ Hick, uh, PJ Williams, um, Logan Parr, Branson Hickman, uh, a, Cam Irving or Thalen Robinson, and then a Dalton Purdue, Purdue. That's a group where you've seen some of these guys play a lot of football. You have a group that you really feel good about behind those guys. Um, and I think that's where it's kind of been different uh, in the past. They, they've they been, you know, able to have a swing guy like a, a, a Jalen Thomas or uh, somebody who has been pushing and coming off the bench that has has kind of made it a six-man rotation, sometimes seven, but they haven't had nine to ten. And as long as Dal- uh, Dalton Purdue stays healthy, he has the potential to be that guy that makes it a ten um, or makes it, you know, I would say a reasonable expectation that you'd feel fairly good about having that as your two deep, you know. And, and if Thalen Robinson is back and healthy going into spring practice, Um, I'm interested to see him move around. He was somebody that when you saw him walking around last year and and he was hurt all year, he didn't look out of shape. It it clearly looked like he was able to stay in shape because he's a big, big dude. I mean, he he came into SMU around 350 pounds coming in from Missouri. And, you know, him walking around, he looked fit enough to be in there. He got in some practices late in the season, if I remember correctly, but – just wasn't able to get much work in. Um, I think for him, if he is able to be healthy 
and turn the corner in that regard. He's obviously going to give it another go. If he can't stay healthy this year, he's somebody that probably might consider, you know, doing what he did full time, which was he was very much involved with practices. If you went out there to watch practice for SMU, you saw Phelan Robinson coaching up those guys, having a play sheet, um, doing his best to stay really involved and on top of what's going on with that group. And so I think there's a lot of mutual respect between him and the staff for what he brought to the table during this season. And if he can't go and he can't stay healthy, you know, there is something there for him uh, in that regard as, you know, potentially his career um, could be on the line with just some of these injuries he's had. But as far as physically, he looks the part. He adds plenty of size to this group. And SMU has added a good bit of size, I feel like, in this recruiting class. You know, they brought in Pete, uh, they brought in Hyron White, who's a huge, huge human. P.J. Williams looks like he could have the potential to be a big guy. He certainly got the athleticism and hype for it. Uh, and then you add in Ja'Kai Clark, who, talking with a couple sources, might be a little bit taller than he's actually listed at, um, but he's got just great strength um, and some mass to him, and he's going to really help in the run game. So just looking at spring practice, could anyone push Marcus Bryant? Could anyone push Hyron White? It's got to be P.J. Williams. He's got to be the one to kind of drive that. You want to see more out, out of Dalton Purdue um, and, and get those guys to, you know, feel pushed. Dalton's had some struggles to stay healthy, but he's got some size without a doubt. Um, but this is a group now, you look at it, it's a very natural starting five that I think you'll see in fall camp when Ja'Kai Clark arrives. But as of now, little tough to, you know, pen, look at the, Look at the group in the spring without saying, okay, remember, Ja'Kai Clark is coming in this summer and they're very high on what he's going to bring to the table. How does Branson Hickman respond? I mean, coach's kid, he's done everything SMU's asked of him. He's he's played with toughness. Um, he missed, I think, one game this season when he physically just wasn't able to grip a football. He had a, he had a hand issue um, and, and then came back shortly thereafter once he got healthy on that regard. Um, but the good thing about this team, and, and I think we see it from an overarching perspective at just about every position group, maybe save for linebacker, just because they're so thin. Now they have people coming in that can push at every position, corner, safety, uh, wide receiver is competitive. Tight end has some guys to come in and push RJ Maryland, but he is obviously one of your stud players. Running back, quarterback. Um, the only one right now is, you, you know, you have Ahmad Walker at linebacker and then you have a bunch of guys who needs to, who needs to step up and, and battle um, for those other spots. But at offensive line, they have brought in enough competition that, quite frankly, no one should be comfortable in their starting job. I would say you want to see more out of Justin Osborne at right guard, um, but he's been one of the team's better offensive linemen just overall. I don't think his job's really in question much. Um but then you have P.J. Williams pushing at the tackle spot. So overall, I think this is a group that could very well improve a good bit because of what comes in the summer, without a doubt. But this will be a competitive spring. I think they're going to get after this group, um, and they're going to really push them to be more physical in practice. I think practice this spring is going to be more of the physical variety just because of what they did not um, – show as a team they struggled with physicality at certain points of the season and I think we all know that a lot of that stems on the defensive side of the ball with tackling 
just talking with a bunch of people, it's going to be a physical spring. So I'm interested to see how the offense line um, works into that plan for it to be physical and, and for um, SMU to certainly address that as far as one of the areas of improvement that they needed to. So with that, guys, we talked a good bit about the offensive line. It's kind of a down and dirty, fairly simple group to kind of break down. They've got some new faces. They've got some faces that are penciled in as starters coming back. But Garen Justice clearly doing a really good job upgrading this group's talent level and their ability uh, to now be competitive at multiple spots and compete for starting jobs and have a clear group that you could probably roll one to two deep at certain spots and feel pretty good about. So a job well done in the transfer portal this, this offseason by SMU on the offensive line. We'll see if they do add any more uh, after spring as that next window in the transfer portal does open in May. But as of right now, SMU just awaiting the arrival of Ja'Kai Clark over the summer. But this group heading into spring has some familiar faces coming back that will now be pushed and we'll be there to track it as spring ball does start March 2nd uh, for the Mustangs. So we'll be there to cover it for you guys and uh, follow it all at ontheponyexpress.com. Thank you guys for subscribing to our YouTube channel. We've now passed over 500 subscribers. We're, I believe we're about 530 now. So we're continuing to keep this thing on the rise and uh, excited towards uh, getting that thousand uh, subscriber mark at some point. So appreciate all you guys who subscribe to ontheponyexpress.com as well. $10 for a month uh, gets you access to on three plus uh, premium information especially around Pac-12 realignment and where SMU stands with that. So check that out on theponyexpress.com. We appreciate you guys listening to the pod. Enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend. We will catch you next week as we continue to dive into conference realignment, expansion, Pac-12, SMU, and of course, spring football preview content. Appreciate all you guys listening. We will catch you next time and have a great Super Bowl weekend. Thanks for listening. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 
1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 